The Carolina Panthers have the first overall pick in the 2023 NFL Draft, but they have a decision on their hands. Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud? We'll discuss it next on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. You are Locked On NFL Draft, your daily podcast covering the NFL Draft. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, family? Welcome back to the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, your daily podcast covering your favorite draft prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your boy, Damian Parson, always on the ones and twos. You can find me on Twitter at DP underscore NFL. And to talk about championship rings and things, I got to have my guy, Keith Sanchez. You can find him on Twitter at The Talent Code. Keep talk to him, baby. Locked on family, what's going on, man? This is Keith Sanchez, senior draft analyst with the Draft Network, man. But you know why me, you know why DP, you know why we're here, man. It's always to bring you championship-level content um, when it's revolving the prospects, philosophies, breakdowns, rosters. Um, So we're getting into it, man. We have something really fun. We have stock up, stock down. We have Coach K's key thoughts, man. And guess what? We're starting off with Bryce Young and C.J. Straw. Who should the Carolina Panthers take at number one pick? DP, let's get into it. Keith, I'm going to say it like this to kick it off. Bryce Young has made this discussion a problem. For the Carolina Panthers. Coming out of last week's Pro Day for C.J. Stroud, we all remember, we talked about it, we did a podcast on it, a segment on it, the the Josh McCown soundbite, right, man? Maybe once we get you a house in Charlotte, we can find a court to hoop at, right? And that seemed like it was signaling that Stroud was their guy. And then Bryce Young had his Pro Day. He looked good. You know, he he looked filled in in terms of his body, right? He, He didn't look the 185 that he looked like during the season. He looked good. Arm pop, you know, scouts are saying arm, the ball popped off his arm a lot better than they expected, so forth and so on, Keith. And I felt at that point, I felt like that's when this thing became a, a real discussion because everything that Frank Reich loves, both of these quarterbacks bring to the table. Accurate, ball placement, poise, right? And and, and with, with Bryce, he, him making this a discussion and making this more difficult possibly than the Panthers really wanted it to be. Like, I feel like the Panthers wanted to trade up the one and just have that one guy. Like, all right, this is what we're going to land on, right? But they're doing their due diligence with all these quarterbacks, Keith. But for you, if you, you're – I want to pose a question to you. If you're in the seat, like, what separates these two quarterbacks for you? Whew, man, this is tough, man. This is tough because we're talking about on-the-film stuff, right? And, and it Because mm-hmm. it, on the film – I think Bryce Young wins. I, I, I do. I think he's played at a higher level more consistently, right? So I, I think mm-hmm. on the film, Bryce Young wins over the past two years. They've both been starting quarterbacks at high-level program for two years. But on the field, I think Bryce performed better, right? But now you're talking about the things that, you know, that people still look at, right? Like arm talent, like who has the bigger arm? You're looking at, okay, who's bigger, period, right? Like you're looking at mobility. You're worrying about injury. Like there's so many different factors. Um, Who galvanizes a, a, a locker room? So now, because you're talking about your franchise quarterback, this decision would be way easier, right? If you're talking about, okay, who's, you know, who's going to be my backup, right? You're not bring, bringing in all those factors, but you know that you're bringing in a guy that you're assuming to be the franchise, a guy that's going to have to ingratiate himself with the fan base, a guy that is going to have the ball in his hand 70, 80 times a game and that everybody's going to be paying attention to, that the sideline camera is always going to be panning on, right, that he has 
has to have that proper demeanor. So, man, uh, it's tough, DP, and I, I I feel like the Carolina Panthers, right? I, I don't really have a decision, man. And I um I remember I think this was after Bryce Young's pro day. Um, the head coach Frank Wright, he had a you know he had a little meeting or whatever, or press conference. I'm sorry, and he was talking about you know like man, we're gonna do our due diligence, right? Like we're gonna take every minute. Like we don't have to make a decision until April. I think 27th, right? I think that's when the draft is. We don't have to make a decision until that day, and we're not going to make a decision until that day. I think, and that's because it's so close, man. Like, what, like I, it, the easy thing would be if Bryce Young was 6'2", right? Like, like, and just make this all the way easy. If Bryce Young was 6'2", we would know who's the number one overall quarterback, but he's not, and we've never seen anything as far as from a height stature perspective with Bryce Young. So that that you're, you're betting on something you've never seen done before, and I think that's the kind of hiccup. Uh for me, DP, can I? Can we push this off, man? Can we push this off? I, I don't. I don't, I don't, I don't have, I'm gonna be honest. He's I don't. Like, can man, we push it off? I was. I was Bryce all the way. I was Bryce all the way. But watching CJ throw the football um, is definitely something. And, and then watching that Georgia performance, obviously the Michigan performance doesn't get talked about enough with CJ. Yeah. So it's extremely talented. And even in my grades, because I have both guys graded, I have. Bryce Young, a half a point above C.J. Straw. So it's really close to me. Um, but when we're talking about who should the Panthers take, we have to dive into the roster a little bit. DP, who, like, who do you think they should take looking at this roster? Because we know they traded away D.J. Moore. They don't have Christian McCaffrey. So what is left on this roster, and, and, and what quarterback do you think it benefits the most? Man, that, that that's a really good question, Keith. Looking at this roster, having – at the right now, bringing it uh, Adam Thielen, DJ Chark, uh, Terrace Marshall, you know, uh, you know, junior, your boy TMJ from LSU. Uh, yes, who I, I'm, I'm hoping that he becomes that guy for this offense because they, they're going to need that from him. Bringing in Hayden Hurst, Miles Sanders, they have a really good offensive line, right? And we all know how the talented the young defense is. So looking at the team, I liken it to I'm leaning more in the Stroud range. I think both can be successful, but I'm gonna lean more so to Stroud. I think the the ability to play with instruction, play more so on timing. He's so used to that. Like where Bryce is, like I, I can make whatever happen happen, right? Like if I need to break out of the pocket, I can break out of the pocket, and he does it at such a high clip when he when especially when he really wants to or needs to. Whereas like for me, I feel like in structure. Uh, CJ Stroud is better. And that, that was kind of the knock on Stroud, right? That's why he got the Jared Goff comp because everybody was like, well, he's so good in structure, but what can he do outside of structure? And I'm going to tell you, what, what really turned the page, you mentioned the Michigan game, the Georgia game, right? But it, it, was, it wasn't it was just the performances in those games. I go back to that Georgia game. I remember watching him on the broadcast pre, pre-game, just warming up, right? And just watching the look in his eyes, man. Like, I always talk about how Bryce has that, like, kind of silent psychopath, type of demeanor, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, where he's just like, it's just like walking into a room and, like, everything's on fire, and Bryce is like, all right, that's cool. I can take care of this. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. That's, how, no that's, that's how he carries himself. No, no problem. No problem. It's all right. Oh, <laughs> I to Shannon Sharp, but, like, I, I, I saw that look in CJ Stroud's eyes. Where I saw a young man that understood, I got to turn it up now, you know what I mean, against Georgia, and he did that. And then watching him, we sat and we watched him, Throw, go throw for throw with A-Rich. And it's that, that competitiveness, right? That look in his eyes when A-Rich uncorked that 65-yarder or whatever it was. And Stroud was like, okay, bro. Like, that's cool. 
That's cool. I got something for you, though. And it's like, just watching those two two guys compete back and forth, I feel like this is a young man that can step in. And we know that while he may not be the vocal leader that like, uh, Bryce Young can, but just seeing that de- that that type of demeanor lets me know he can step into an NFL locker room and just lead by example with his play and with his mindset. So I lean towards social Stroud. I think Stroud's more accurate and has better ball placement. Either two, it's not like it's it's close. Keith, I, mm-hmm. I, I, for those two, it's close. But I'm going to tell you the comp that I have for ceiling comp that I have for, for C.J. Stroud because I struggle with a comp for Bryce. I see Joe Burrow. Now, granted, you you coached Joe ooh, Burrow. You were ooh, there. Ooh, so ooh, so hear, hear me ooh, what I'm saying. Hear me what I'm saying. Right, I'm, I'm, I'm like, going to talk about it, baby. I'm going to talk about it. I do see some of uh, Joe Burrow in this game. That guy that when you go empty – he can slice and dice you, man. The, the ball placement, the accuracy, when he gets it out in timing, he can layer passes at all levels of the defense, right? And if you just we seen them, we seen them both with high octane weapons and how like prolific they can be as passers. And I think in this situation, not having the best weapons, truthfully, I think like even with Stroud used to those guys at Ohio State, I think he can make it work a little bit better with Alan Thielen. Like he's a how to characterize this? He's a uh give him a chance type of thrower, right? Whereas in terms of, all right, Terrence Marshall Jr. may not have the best separation, but he's going to give him a chance on that back shoulder. And he throws it well because he knows how to throw it because he's used to having bigger body receivers where it's similar to that Tua situation. Bryce never had those big, big, tall, long body receivers. He's always had more speed and separators just on grass and on turf. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I'm with you, man. So look, and this is what we're going to do, man, because I think this is a really dope conversation that we're having. And there are more questions that I I, I want to um, present, right, especially with the Carolina Panthers and their roster and everything heading into the draft. So coming up next, man, we're going to jump deeper into this Carolina Panthers roster, talking about wide receivers and, you know, tight ends and support system, because I know, DP, this is something that we both really develop as far as being ready to take a young quarterback. So I really want to go into the weapons um, that the Carolina Panthers have and how we think that that can help a young quarterback because you have to be ready to take a young quarterback. So coming up next, man, we're going to dive deeper into the Carolina Panthers and what weapons they have and what quarterback we think meshes better with those particular weapons, um, you know, coming up next. The tournament is heating up, guys. There's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. That's because right now FanDuel is giving new customers a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. All you have to do, go to FanDuel.com slash locked on and sign up today to claim your no-sweat first bet. Then you can wager on everything from money line to point spreads, so forth and so on, all on a safe, secure, super easy-to-use app. So don't miss your, your shot at a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on uh, to sign up and that make every moment more with FanDuel. So, Keith, you know, we're we pivoting right now, baby. We typically won't we're do pivoting. this, but we're pivoting right now. So, we're we talking. We're we, we going to change some things up here, but we're talking about the, the, the Carolina Panthers, man, and, and, and this this roster and this offense and which one of these quarterbacks it really benefits yeah, or which quarterback could benefit be beneficiaries from it. Right, because you, you said something, and that's why I wanted to go this direction, right? You talked about – placing a quarterback and we want to talk about quarterbacks right we're talking about the draft we want to talk about quarterbacks something that we both believe that you have to be ready to take a quarterback because if you're going to take a young quarterback 
put it all on his shoulders and he has no help at all, that's called a recipe for disaster, right? Mm -hmm. And I don't know very many quarterbacks that survived that. I, I think you, you look at guys like Brock Purdy, right? He's mystery relevant, right? Everybody gave him a, a seventh round undrafted free agent thing, and he takes his team all the way to the NFC Championship. So we can't undermine the support system that's around a quarterback, Thanks. right? And I think that's very important. The Carolina Panthers hold the number one overall pick. In order to get that, they had to get rid of DJ Moore. So now we're looking at this roster. We're looking at Terrace Marshall Jr., who upside we all know is through the roof, right? We're looking at Adam, Adam Thielen, who's aging, right? We're looking at DJ Chark who's been a, a solid receiver thus far. But I want to look at the other side of that lens, DP, because both can be said about both quarterbacks. They've mm -hmm. both had high-level wide receiver play, right? Like, we're yep, not talking yep. about <clears> – we're not talking about scrubs, man. We're talking about Marvin Harrison Jr. We're talking about Garrett Wilson. We're talking about Chris Olave. Then on the other side of that, right, we're talking John Metchie. We're talking Jamison Williams. You know, we're, we're talking about talented football players. So, DP, when, when you – Add that in, how do you supplement the rest of this Carolina Panthers roster to help get the support for one of these quarterbacks? I think they got it, you know, free agents. I feel like free agency is even though it's an open door, I feel like it's over at this point. <laughs> like it's not nothing's going on right now. But you still right. have like the Odell Beckhams. I think that's where Carolina Panthers have to view themselves like, okay, we're trying to go for this this um this division, right, and really make ourselves a playoff team with a young quarterback. And, and after trading away at DJ Moore, you got to go and try and, you know, open up the checkbook if necessary, right? But then you look at the draft, Keith, and, and looking, like I said, those weapons that you named, TMJ, Adam Thielen, you know, DJ Chark. And then, of course, I really like the addition of Hayden Hurst, right? You know, at the tight end position and Miles Sanders in the backfield, I think that's where you have to look at this opportunity and find you another explosive weapon in the draft, right, at the at the wide receiver position. I feel Hayden Hurst will stop them from drafting a tight end early on, right, because they will still have the 40th pick, their their, their original second rounder. They sent the uh, other second round pick they had uh, in, the in the trade, you know, yeah, with yeah, um, Chicago. Not, not to cut you off real quick, but I, I think this is key when we're talking about the draft, right? They still have a second round pick. They still have a third round pick from San Francisco, and they still have two fourth round picks. So they're, they're still draft capital. Like, their oh, yeah. cupboard is not bare. And that's what we're talking about surrounding these quarterbacks with young weapons. I think they have plenty of opportunity to go get some young wide receivers because, can 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 I be honest, yeah. I'm not necessarily sold on what they have right now, like for a young quarterback. Me. I'm not sold on that as, a as you know, a skill position group. I don't feel really good heading into the 2023 NFL draft season. I mean, you know, in uh, NFL season period. And placing Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud and saying, just go get after it. So, I mean, what, what, where are you with that as far as with the draft compensation and guys that they can go look at to kind of balance this thing out? Man, I, I, you know one of my, you know one of our favorite dudes, Tank Dell. If you want to, you know, grab a Tank Dell and put him in the slot because they need you know, speed, right? They need speed, Keith. And, and I love the addition of DJ Chark. DJ Chark's gonna bring that speed on the outside. But Adam Thielen is like you talk about. He's aging. He's dealt with some some knee issues and some lower body injuries. You need to build up that depth, right? You need to be able to build that deep depth up behind him in the slot. So I think, uh, um, you know, Marvin Mims, a, a Tank Dell. 
that you can slide in, right? And then not just slide into that slot, but they can move around. And you want to have chess pieces offensively. And then the guy that we talked about yesterday in the this or that segment, the Jonathan Mingo, right? You know, you're, you're not going to be in the position to get a Quentin Johnston. You know, what, what you are, but you need to get a quarterback. So you're not going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> but you're not going to be in a position to get one of, to get Quentin Johnston, right? But you look at a, a Jonathan Mingo. I'm going to tell you another big body receiver that they can add that has speed is Bryce Wheaton, uh, Bryce Ford Wheaton, I believe Ford is his Wheaton. name. Yeah, from from of West Virginia, six four, two hundred plus pounds. I believe he's a four three seven, four three eight. And, and, and you know, I came away like really liking the potential of this young man. So it's like you you can get some more bodies. Big bodies, and that's why I think for either of these quarterbacks, getting more help uh, on the off in, in the offensive uh, support system, and I think adding another running back too. You know, yeah, you have uh, you know Miles Sanders who you signed, you let Deontay Foreman walk, but you have Chuba Hubbard. I would go out there and get a pass catcher, man. You know, what I mean, I would go out there and get one of these kind of dual threat dynamic guys, a Tajay Spears, if he falls to that third round pick, and you add him to to this offense. And now whoever's that quarterback has a little bit more to work with offensively. No, I, I like that. And I think you just did a masterful job, DP, of building the Carolina Panthers, man. Listen, DP lives in Carolina, man. So he's trying to look out for y'all. Panthers fans. I want something no man. good to watch on TV, Keith. And when I, <laughs> I if I go decide to go to a game, I want something please, you know, something uh, pleasing to see on the field. <laughs> but now nah, so, yeah, I, I think those are all key players and you talk about adding explosive elements to this offense and it's going to be fun with the Carolina Panthers right because uh, like we talked about we talked about the coaching staff on podcast before and how it's a good coaching staff then we talked about you know Bryce Young CJ Straw making it a battle so you know once because Carolina is not really a, a polarizing franchise right mm-hmm. but I think it's going to be fun with these guys right trying to figure out who's going to be QB1 you know down the stretch and like I said man yeah. come, I, I'm going to give my guy who I think should be QB1, but I need a little bit more information, man. I need a little <laughs> bit more time. But man, listen, man, coming up next, man, DP already hit on it, man. He hit on playmakers, and uh, we have our new segment introduced last week, and I'm coming back at it again, man. It's Coach K's key thoughts, and it's, it's around a certain position group, man. So stay tuned. Coach K's key thoughts, man. Let's get into it, Keith. You've had a couple of days to, to get that thought going. What, what you got for us? Yeah, so we, we kind of hinted on this a little bit, right? And, and you, you hit on a certain position group, and that was tight ends when you spoke about the Carolina Panthers. And, DP, I'm, I'm going through past draft history, man, and I'm, I'm, I'm seeing tight end groups, right? I'm seeing tight ends get drafted really high, and then I look at the production, and I'm not seeing much production there, right? And then I'm seeing tight ends going the third, fourth round, talking Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, John New Smith. All of these are mid-round guys that have been extremely productive, right? So my key thought is this, is, is why not wait on a tight end? Why not wait? Why not wait to the, the third, fourth round where you, you know, have a good threshold? Because truthfully, NFL offenses outside of the top seven, they don't necessarily utilize tight ends that much anyway. So my key thought is this, man, wait to the third round, find you a good solid tight end in that round versus drafting a guy top 10, top five, top 20, anything like that. No, I, that's a, that's a very, very good thought, Keith. Cause like we, in this class is, is loaded at the tight end position, man. So much depth and talent, you know, for I would say four, maybe five rounds deep, because you can get developmental guys that you know you just feel comfortable with, Keith. Where it's like, okay, 
give him about two years working with this guy, and he could be our, our, our long-term st- starter and be a productive player in our offense. And I think, like you said, instead of trying to draft guys top five, top ten, the only guy that, you know, tight end-wise, the only type of player that I w- at the tight end position that I'm willing to take that chance on is a Kyle Pitts because he is a unicorn. But, like, we've seen TJ Hawkinson go top ten. We've seen a lot of other guys go I mean, high. And I, I just – some other names, man. Noah Fant went extremely yeah. high. Then Irv Smith, right? I think he's yeah, first yeah. one. OJ Howard went really high. Oh, so that, man, yeah. Yeah, and we're talking about naming pools, man. We're talking about guys that checked every single box when they came out, but the production just wasn't there. And whether that's their fault or the NFL fault, right? But at mm-hmm. some point, it, it doesn't seem like it's good return on investment to take a tight end that high, especially if you're not going to utilize them. And I, and I think that's the thing, while – the NFL is trying to figure out where they're placing tight ends. If we want them to be, you know, blocking inline tight ends, or if they, we want them to be these wide type F type situations going on. I, I think, man, get a guy in the third round and DP. I want to also give an opportunity, man. If you have a tight end to talk about, cause this is kind of to my key thoughts, right? I have two guys, right? I was tight end Sam Laporta. Let's go. Hell of a football player, man. This guy can ball, man. I, he, he, I, I'm, I'm betting on this guy. Um, he goes in the right situation. I think he can be extremely productive. And then DP, you know my other guy, man, Schoon. Michigan is tight end, <laughs> Luke Schoonmaker, man. If you haven't checked him out, go check him out. And these are both guys that relatively no one's speaking about, and especially Luke Schoonmaker. I think he's going to fall to the third, fourth round. So you're able to get good value, well-rounded tight end, athletic. And it may be you may get the same production that if you were spending the back end of a first round or a second round pick on a guy. That's a – Keith, that's a really great point because I can even go back to last draft before I even get into this draft class. Remember, Trey McBride went second round to the Arizona Cardinals, right? Greg yeah. Dosage fell to, I think, the third, fourth round for the Denver Broncos. And to me, Greg Dosage, once he was healthy, was a better option at the tight end position, better yeah. athlete, better mover, better route runner, better separator, all of that, better receiving prospect than Trey McBride. Trey McBride was deemed as kind of that top tight end but there was some rigidness and there was some functional issues in terms of athletically for him that we saw on tape and down at the senior bowl last, last, last year as well. So that, that's a great point, Keith, because like you said, the Broncos waited and they had some veterans that held that spot while uh, Dosich was getting healthy. And then mm-hmm. when Dosich came in, I believe it was a game against the Jaguars when he really broke out. I think it was in London where they got a, a good a win overseas. And he was a big part of that 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 offense having success in that game. Keith, and, and, and you saw the, the trust with Russell Wilson starting to grow with this young athletic playmaker. So I like that point. For me, man, like looking at, like you said, you took, you know, you took one of my guys, Sam LaPorta, because I was definitely going to mention him. But I knew you would too. So I always keep something back up in the holster, baby. Uh, you know, you think about Zach Kuntz out of Old Dominion, Keith. He may not be the best blocker right now, but six, uh, six, seven, uh, six, 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 seven, two fifty-five runs a four-five-seven, I believe, four-five-five, four-five-seven. This is a young man who, who jumped high. He tested the putting. You know, shout out to uh to to Raz scoring the RAS. His RAS score in terms of like forty time, all that type of stuff was almost almost identical. It was very close to on par with Darren Waller. You know what I mean? That who was a former receiver. Keith, who converted to tight end. So I look at him and I was like, man, if you can get him in the fourth, fifth round on day three 
and say, okay, we're going to get you in the weight program, get you stronger, add some functional strength and a little bit of muscle to his frame to help him as a run blocker because he competes. He's just not the strongest guy as of right now. But I see some I see some upsides as a route runner with him a little bit, but also just his, his ball skills and his ability to win at the catch point and high point passes. I think this is a guy play action, the vertical plane, just one directional plane. You can get some get a lot of work out of him. And then Josh Wild, another developmental tight end you know, yeah, that you can get on I, day I three. Like that, out of that. Cincinnati, six six. These are some big boys at this tight end group we got here, man. <laughs> six six. And Keith, you know, we me and you talked about him recently, and, and, and you see him when he opens that stride in open field, he could pick him up and put him down. He can move, man. So I think about another guy who also he competes as a run blocker, still has to get a little bit stronger in the run game as well. Um, but just I think you could do a lot of different things with him, detach him, put him in line. He could be like an H back, whatever. I think he's versatile enough, Keith. Not only that, I think you can, especially in the red zone, you can motion them out as a one-on-one threat versus safeties and linebackers and try to use them as that jump ball guy and that, that power forward. So, guys, this class has a lot of bodies, a lot of t- talented tight ends that, hey, if Michael Mayer goes top 15 and your team needs a tight end, I wouldn't Don't lose panic. my mind over it. Don't panic, man. Don't, Don't panic. hit that panic button. Leave the glass on it and leave it there because there's still opportunities for your team to do things for you that can really benefit your team. So you guys just just be patient. Be patient. I know it's hard to say with the draft, you get you get a little antsy, but this tight end class is going to give you exactly what you need, and that's depth and that's talent and that's developmental talent. That guys that can be in the league, Keith, I think eight to ten years as starters, man. I think there's a lot. There's I think there's more than five to six starters in this class easily, Keith. No, I agree, man. I, I, you push that number right to seven or eight, and listen, all yeah. eight can't go in the first two rounds, right? Because they, it's, it's other positional need. And, and DP, we left off. You said there's big tight ends. We left off. Probably the biggest guy, right? Darnell, Darnell Washington, Washington, right? <laughs> six, six, Mister Six, Six, Two, Seventy himself, man. And you're talking about somebody, you know, Bryce Young is like the unicorn of quarterbacks, right? Because we've never seen any, you know, somebody in that stature. Darnell Washington may be the unicorn of tight ends. Which, if, if you find a right way to use this guy, man, you're talking about a complete game changer. You're talking about who can like. What defense knows how to stop this guy, right? So you potentially run an offense through him. And like I said, man, just another playmaker. So I'm I'm excited about this tight end class. I've probably been more excited than I have about tight end classes in the past. And like we said, man, don't panic because, you know, I'm sitting here, I'm going through, you know, through this tight end group. And like I said, man, bring to our listeners, you know, it's not, it's not going to just be prospects. Sometimes it's going to be a philosophy. And the philosophy that, you know, I'm leaning to towards this tight end is like, hey, I feel really good about finding a starter in the third round. I have about... Me personally, I have about four or five guys that I feel really good about, right? Not that just can get drafted and contribute, but just really good about as tight end prospects in this draft class. 100%. Until you're Darnell Washington's part is my last point. You know, you said, how do you use him? I'm going to whisper a name, guys, but don't hold me to – it's not a comp, but you lose him like Rob Gronkowski a little bit. Hard play action, vertical shots, seam work, over routes, stuff like that. You use him to let that size and that that power and that run after catchability. Don't ask him to run a bunch of crazy routes and stuff. That's not doing him – that's doing him a disservice. Use him properly, and you have a monster on your hands. But, guys, as always, we thank you all for all the love and support. Thank you for making Locked On NFL Draft your first listen every single – day of the week monday through friday now make your second listen locked on nfl scouting with the draft dudes from free agency the salary cap management and more join nfl experts kyle krabs and joe marino
know, as they take you through what it's like to build a successful NFL franchise every Monday through Friday, find Locked On NFL Scouting with the Draft Dudes wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, guys, I'm Damian Parson. That's Keith Sanchez. You can find us on Twitter at DP underscore NFL and the talent code. Come and join the conversation again tomorrow on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.